Well, this evening, we are on week two of this series, I Choose, when we're looking about the choices that we make in our day-to-day lives and how they ultimately impact who we are and the direction that our life takes in. Last week, we looked at purpose over popularity, about living in God's purpose and will for our lives, no matter what other people think, no matter what they say, but we want to live purposeful lives over popularity. Next week, we are looking at discipline over regret. Uh Uh-oh, I can hear you saying discipline over regret. But who wants to do the hard work of discipline? Not many of us. However, who wants to do the hard work of regret? None of us, I reckon. So we're going to be looking at that amazing topic next week. But this week, we are looking together at choosing surrender over control. So how many of you would say tonight that there's some area of your life right now that you would love to be in control about? Just pop your hands up, keep your hands up. If you are pushing the hand up of your neighbour, that might show that you're a control freak in here. You put your hands down there. Uh, So many of us live life wanting to be in control. We want that sense of, yeah, things are under our control. (coughs) What is it? For you, what is it? For me, all of us battle with something in some way or another. Maybe it's at work. Uh, Maybe it's like, do it my way and in my time, or don't do it at all. We try to delegate things and then we quickly take them back because they're not being done properly. Maybe that's your thing. Uh, Maybe it's in the home. Uh, Carlos and I both like a tidy house. Uh, uh, However, Carlos might say, I'm a little bit of a control freak in the house because I want to put everything away. And Carlos has piles on the floor and they are his organised piles. He knows where it is. And he says, if it's not in my line of sight, I won't do it. So I have to leave it in the middle of the floor. And I'm like, no, it's the floor. It's got to be empty. So yeah, we have a little battle about control in our little household. Uh, Maybe it's certain people. Maybe it's your son or your daughter, your husband, your wife, your friend. Maybe you want to control their attitudes, their actions. You want to get that control over them. Maybe it's your schedules. We like to be in control of our schedules, Joy or Pal. It's a good thing to be in control of our schedules, but sometimes, sorry to pick on you, uh, maybe we want to be too much in control of our schedules. Maybe we want to control how everybody else acts. Maybe we want to be in control of everything. Uh, Certainly a few occasions when Carlos and I have been driving in the car together, I remember incidences of somebody grabbing the steering wheel. I won't, I won't tell you which one it is, because that, that would spoil it, wouldn't it? Uh, what, because one of us is driving a bit crazy, and the other one grabs the, uh, the, the wheel. Yes, oh yes, oh yes. So we are all in this together. JJ loves to be in charge of the remote control. Anybody in your family likes to be in charge of the remote control? For me, the remote control isn't about what's actually on. It's about what might be on. I'm a flicker. I like to flick through the channels. Uh, not everybody agrees with that use of the remote control. So whatever it is, whatever the issue is for you and for me, it's all good fun. But in reality, whenever we're trying to control something that's not ours to control... It's a reflection of a really big spiritual problem. So tonight we're going to get deep. We're going to try to look at an area in our life where we are trying to be like God. 
I want to control because I know what's best. I do. We're trying to be God. One of the most often quoted and most popular verses in the Bible, but one of the most difficult verses to live by, we're going to look at in a moment. Now, even if you have heard this verse hundreds of times, which some of you will never have heard it, but some of you will have heard it hundreds of times, I'm going to ask you to listen to it tonight like you're hearing it for the very first time. And I want you to ask God, would you help us to live out these powerful truths tonight? So the passage is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. And this is what it teaches us. We are to trust in the Lord, to surrender to God, to be completely in his hands, to trust in the Lord with how much of our hearts? With all of our heart. How much of your heart now, at this moment in time, are you trusting to the Lord? We're to trust him with all of our hearts. Then, and this is where it gets really difficult, this is where it says, and we are to lean not on our own understanding. I don't know about you, but so often I want to figure it out. I want to be in control. I want to know what should happen. But the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in how many of your ways? You've got it. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Submit to him in all your ways. Now this little word, sometimes submit, sometimes acknowledge that we read in the Bible. In the Hebrew, it's the word that's translated for the way that Adam and Eve know one another. So a deep, deep intimacy, an intimate knowing. We are to trust the Lord with every bit of our hearts. In other words, I'm not anxious about anything. I'm trusting in God. We are to submit to him everything. Acknowledge him. To know him in all our ways. We know him. We acknowledge him. We submit to him. And we know him. And when we do that, we don't make our path straight. Uh Uh-oh, no, we don't do it. But who does? He does. He will make our paths straight when we acknowledge him. So what do we do? We trust in the Lord our God with all our heart, leaning not on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledging him. And he will make our paths straight. Here's a problem. And many of this will see this in your own life. The more that we try to control, the more that we are afraid of losing control. And the more we are afraid of losing control, the more we want to be in control. Anybody recognise that little cycle going on in their lives from time to time? The more we try to control things, the more we become afraid of losing that control. This cycle of fear starts to take hold in our lives. As you know, in this culture, in the Western world, in 2017, one of the biggest problems in society is anxiety. 
we live in the cycle of fear that we have to keep in control. We're going to have a quick look at a little part of the Old Testament which talks to us about when control goes bad, really bad. Because the problem is when we try to take control and we're not surrendered to God, we rarely, if ever, get it right. So we're going to have a look at the story of Abram and Sarai, who later in the story, if you uh, know it or you remember, their names were changed to Abraham and Sarah. We're looking at them. And if there's anybody in the Bible that battled with control issues, I reckon this couple come quite at the top of the list for Abraham and Sarah. First of all, we have in the story of Abraham and Sarah when they become scared for their safety and Abraham lies about Sarai saying, he, she's my sister, she's my sister. And he lies, gets into all sorts of trouble. They tried to control the situation. They were afraid, they tried to control it, they lied and it ended up in a whole lot of mess probably even worse than that. The biggest example we see in Abraham and Sarah was that, of course, they were childless. And if you remember, God spoke this incredible promise over Abraham and Sarah that they would be, that Abraham would be the father of many nations, as many as the sea on the sand, on the seashore. Many nations. And that promise was spoken over Abraham, an amazing promise. But then what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Is there a promise in your life that you know that the Lord has spoken over you and nothing has happened? There certainly is in my life. You were told you were going to be parents and nothing happened. Month after month after month after month goes by for Abraham and Sarai. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So Sarai does what many of us do when God's timing wasn't her own, she decided to take control and try to bring about the desired outcome her own way. And this is the perfect example of control gone bad. Genesis 16 verse 1 says this, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Now what does she do? She's taking control. She says, perhaps I can build a family through her. Go, sleep with her. God's not doing what he said he'll do, so I'll take control. Go, sleep with Hagar. And Abraham agrees to what Sarah says. And he goes and sleeps with Hagar and conceives a child. God made a promise. God's timing was not consistent with their timing. So they took control and control went bad. If you don't know what happened next in the story, let me tell you very, very briefly. Uh, Some of you know part of the story. Some of you know the full story. It's really, really mind-blowing. But this one controlling situation ended up impacting people for centuries to come. In fact, we can say impacting our lives today. You see, Hagar ends up getting pregnant and Hagar gives birth to a son and they call him Ishmael. 
Then later, Sarah conceives and gives birth to Isaac. And if you look at the lineage of Ishmael and the lineage of Isaac, it's stunning. Out of Ishmael, you have the Philistines. And out of the the Philistines, out of that line, out of Ishmael, you have Muhammad. Out of Isaac, you have the Jewish nation. And of course, out of the Jewish nation, you have Jesus Christ. So here we are, centuries later, and we still have this tension between the Palestinians and the Jewish people. We still have this thing in our world. Do we follow Muhammad or do we follow Christ? Why? Control went bad. I want to take control. It's not happening in my timing, in my way. So therefore, I will do what it takes to bring it about. I don't know what you're tempted with, but we're all tempted to take control at some times in our lives when something doesn't go our way. You're a single Christian girl and you're looking for a single Christian guy, but you can't find a single Christian guy, so you just go for a guy. You know that it's not good to be unequally yoked to a non-believer. You know that that is not God's best, but he's cute. Maybe it's a financial issue. You're struggling. You've been in church for many years and you know that it's right to give back to God an offering, a tithe, your first fruits. And yet, just at the moment, you feel like this just does not add up. And so you don't give your first fruits to the work of the Lord. You take control. You decide to do it your own way. Maybe it's those people at work that you're trying to delegate to and they're not doing it right. So you're just like, move out of the way. Let me in. Maybe you're a helicopter parent. Do you know what I mean, my helicopter parent? They hover. They hover everywhere. Little Johnny needs to get an A in this exam. And if he doesn't, that's going to be a disaster. So I'll just do Johnny's paper for him. Helicopter parents. Uh, In fact, uh, helicopter parents are pretty much getting out of control in society. In America, in the Huffington Post, very reliable source, I'll have you know, uh, uh, there was an article written that said that 8% of college graduates in America actually bring one of their parents to their job interview with them. No, they don't just get driven in the car. They actually come in to the job interview with them. It's all gone mad. So, what I'm going to ask you to do is take a post-it. Uh, let's go into four. Stephen, take and pass along. Take and pass along. Uh, Elisa's got some pens. If you don't have a pen on you and you can't grab one, can you put your hand in the air? And Elisa's going to pass you a pen. So hopefully everyone. There you go. Oh, look at us, organised bunch. We've all got to... Would you like to take a post-it and pass it along? You haven't got a pen. There's some coming round. I post it in a pen. Probably could have done that in a more organised way. Uh, Stephen, I have a pen. Have a pen. Okay, we're just about there. Right. Any more hands up? One here. Is it my hair? Making it funny. It's when I breathe. Let me. There we go. Is that is that better? Or is that too quiet? There we go. 
not breathe for us at all. Is that your challenge to me? Thank you. Right, so what we're going to do, we've got a post-it, hopefully, and a pen. And what I want us to do is to write down, to name the area, the situation, the person, whatever it is, that you are trying to control. To have a think for it, about it for a moment. Give it a name. What is it in my life? It might come to you straight away, but you might have to think about it for a moment. What are you trying to control? Are you trying to control your kids? Are you trying to control your finances? Are you trying to control your future job? Are you trying to control your spouse? Are you trying to control your image? What is it that you are trying to control? If you don't want to write it down, you're just proving my point. I ain't doing that. I'm staying in control. I'm not going to do what she says. I've got you. I know. So write it down. Surrender your control. And then we're going to ask three questions and we're going to filter our questions through your own thing that you've written down, the thing that's going on in your life at the moment that you're trying to control. But these three questions we can apply throughout our lives to all sorts of things, all sorts of situations that we might be struggling in. So just raise a hand if you've written something down so I can see how many are still... That's just about there. Okay. Right. Question number one. Is this something that is really mine to control? Or is this something that I am supposed to trust the Lord with all my heart, leaning not on my own understanding, but in all my ways, acknowledging him and he will make my path straight? Uh, That isn't question number one. It's just coming. Sorry. (laughs) That was confusing. Okay. In so many different areas, we've all written something down. Um, I've written it in my head. I want to take part. I'm writing it down too. Otherwise, we can't do it together. Right. There's this thing on our piece of paper that we want to, tonight, decide if it's right to surrender or to control. So question number one is this. Ask yourself, is it worth my concern? Is it worth my concern. In other words, there are many things that people get really upset about, but sometimes it's not worth our concern. As a leader in the church, there is a lot of things that I could get upset about. Uh, Little, little things that aren't important, but I want to be an encourager. I want to bless people. I want to encourage people in their jobs and as they serve. I don't want to be critical. So I try not to focus on all the little things try and focus on what really, really matters. So I ask myself, is it really worth my concern? As a leader, of course, you've got a choice. You can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. You can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. You have to empower people in order to have growth. You have to let some of the minor things go and encourage the important things. In relationships, you can have control, but you can't have intimacy. You can't have control and intimacy at the same time in relationships. They don't go together. 
And the problem is sometimes we just get seriously annoyed about things that aren't really a big deal, that are hurting our relationships because it's not that big of a deal. So I need to ask myself, is this really worth my concern? Is it that big of a deal? For example, is it really worth getting upset, freaked out, making everybody else's lives unhappy because the towels are not folded right in the bathroom? For some of you, I heard a yes. I heard a yes. You can always count on somebody. So the question that we might like to ask ourselves to test whether we think it is worth our concern is this. Five years from now, will it really matter? Five years from now, does it really matter? If my child leaves the house in an interesting outfit without their hair being brushed, does it really matter in five years' time? I know. Will that, in five years' time, will it affect the college they go into, the job they get? Will they be living on the streets in poverty because they went out that one day in an uncoordinated outfit? Is it really that much of a deal if someone leaves rubbish in your car? Yes, I'm probably looking at some men here now. I know you've cleaned the car. I know you're a very, very good man and you've cleaned the car. But is it really that much of a big deal if there is rubbish in your car? You're driving everybody else crazy. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. So, is it really worth my concern? Question number two. Is it mine to control? So you might want to look at your thing on your post-it. Is it mine to control? Is it something I should do something about? And honestly, sometimes the answer is yes, right? How many of you know God won't do everything for you? Oh, yes, we know that. We've learned that lesson, haven't we? God wants you to do some things for yourself. There's a big difference between surrendering control and relinquishing responsibility. Big difference. So, it doesn't mean we relinquish responsibility. For example... If we've messed up financially, we don't just sit around going, okay, I've messed up, I've got myself into a state, God's going to get me through, I'll just continue spending, I'll just continue letting the debt grow because God's going to be in control. No, we get off our our backside, we go to work, we go to the cap centre, we get some debt advice, we have a budget, we get our way out of it. There's something for us to control. If our marriage is in trouble and everybody's marriage goes through seasons that are challenging, please hear that tonight, everybody, what do we do? We go and find another couple, a Christian couple that we can talk with or pray with. We go and get counselling if we need to. We get people to stand alongside us, to advise us who may be further along in the journey. If your child is making bad decisions... You want to be available for your child. You want to build a bridge. You want to make sure that the lines of communication are open between you and your son or your daughter. You want to do what it takes. And you should do, you can do, what you can do in those situations. If you are a single guy 
and you want to get married, you might need to stop playing Pokemon Go the whole time. You might need to take a shower, to clean your teeth, to buy something new to wear that doesn't smell. I don't know. Uh, I am not looking at anybody whatsoever. But there is something you can do about it if you are a single man. (laughs) So the question is, is it mine to control? Ask yourself honestly as you look at what you've written on your post-it, is it mine to control? And if it is, do something about it. If it's not, we're going to ask question number three. So our big questions so far, is it worth my, con- my, blah, is it worth my concern? Is it mine to control? And the third question is, is it for God alone? Is this one of those areas that I'm trying desperately to control, but it's not actually mine to control? This one is for me to surrender to God alone. In Philippians 4, Paul was chained, he's in prison, he's chained to a Roman guard in house arrest. And he writes these amazingly powerful words. Again, if you've heard this before, Listen like you've never heard this before. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. How many of us were anxious about something last week? Ah, there's a few honest people. How many of us were anxious about something last week? And Paul says, do not be anxious in anything But in, it's coming back again, how many situations? In every situation. No matter what you're going through, no matter what she did, no matter what you can't change. In every situation, by prayer and petition. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, what do we do? We present ourselves to God. We, rep- rep- we come before our Heavenly Father and we present our requests to God. In every situation, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. Sometimes that's when we hear those infamous words, oh, I have tried everything, now all I can do is pray. But no, we can pray. There is such power in prayer. We can access our Heavenly Father day and night, wherever we are, whatever circumstance. We can pray. And prayer changes situations. And prayer changes us. Now, Note, I am not saying pray and it will just happen exactly in the way and the time that you want it to, but prayer changes situations and prayer changes us. It's our first line of offence. We can pray. The Bible says we can go boldly before the throne of grace. We have access to God. He hears our prayers. And God says, with me, all things are possible. So the first line of offence, we can pray. And we can go before God with what? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Now why should we go before our Heavenly Father with thanksgiving? Because he knows us. 
He hears us. He cares about us. And the Bible tells us he is working together for good, for the good, for all who love him and are living according to his purpose. So on this particular thing, on your post-it note, pray to God. Take this person, this situation to God. Present it to God. And then what happens when we go to God like that? He says in verse 7, the peace of God, a supernatural peace which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. When there's something that we can't control, we say, God, this one's actually yours. I present this to you. I trust this with you. I'm trusting you with all my heart. I'm leaning not on my own understanding on this one. Because in all my situations, and particularly in this situation, I'm acknowledging you. I'm submitting to you. I'm knowing you and I am praying that you would do something about this. So what does God do? He gives us a supernatural peace that goes beyond our ability to understand. If I look at my circumstances, if you look at your circumstances, and somebody says, oh, how are you doing? And you think, actually, things are pretty rubbish, but there's a sense in which I'm fine because I've acknowledged God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is at work in my heart and in my mind. So look at what you're dealing with and ask yourself, is this for God alone? You're married and your spouse is making bad decisions. You ask yourself, can I change my spouse? (laughs) I know. Some of us think we can, but the reality is we can't. So, your spouse is making bad choices. He might be making you miserable, but you cannot do anything about this. You can drive him crazy. You can drive him away. You can uh, confront his behaviour or her behaviour. You can kick back, but you cannot actually change your spouse. Can God change your spouse? God can change your spouse. This one is for God alone. Can you physically heal your body if you're sick or the body of somebody else that you love? No. So this is for God alone. There is nothing that we can do. We can't go poof and cancer's gone. We can't do it. We uh, can get obviously great doctors. We can have chemo. We can eat right. We can do all that. But can we actually heal ourselves of disease? No, we cannot. But God can. And so it's for God alone. God, I trust you. Can you control your kid's future? No, no, you can't. This one is for God alone. You can threaten them. You can drive them away from you. You can create a wall where there's no trust. But can you control their future? No, you can't. 
can God be actively involved in their future, leading them in right and wise ways? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. What do you do? You do what you can do. You invest in your children, but ultimately you say, God, I trust in you, Lord, with all of my heart, leaning not on my own understanding for my children. So, ask yourself, is this worth my concern? A lot of times, it's not. Let it fly. If it is mine to control, if, is it mine to control? If it is, you need to do something about it. And if it's not, is it for God alone? Just take a moment and decide what category the thing that you've written down is out of those three categories. And we're just going to spend some time now praying about that situation. If it is worth your concern, then your Heavenly Father would love you to talk to him about it. And if there is something you can do about it, your Heavenly Father would like, as you acknowledge him in all your ways, he would like to bring his understanding, to bring his supernatural peace, to lead you in the path that he has for you to guide you. And if it is not under your control, then this evening we have an opportunity to place before the throne of grace, before our Lord Jesus Christ, that situation we're carrying and to trust in the Lord with it. It's time to trust God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it helps us in our everyday lives. And Lord, we confess that so often we want to be the one in control, in the driver's seat in our lives. And Lord, yet you call us to a different way. And Lord, this evening we want to say to you that we want to choose surrender over control because you are trustworthy, you are good and you are faithful. And Lord, we want to bring before you the thing that we've written on our post-it note. Help us to know if there's something we should do about this. Speak to us, Lord. Lead and guide us as we acknowledge you and as we trust you. Come, Holy Spirit. And for some of us, Lord, that thing we've written down is completely out of our control. It is yours to hold. And Lord, we thank you that you love to take those burdens from us, to hold them for us, to carry them alongside us. And Lord, we pray that you give us courage tonight, courage to place into your hands that situation, that circumstance, that sickness that we can do nothing about. Lord, we place them. We place that into your hands. And we pray that during the week ahead, you would help us to learn to choose surrender over control and that we would see you move in our lives. We would be expectant that you would bring that supernatural peace and that you would, as we trust in you, 
and need not on our own understanding, that you will indeed guard our hearts and minds in the knowledge of Christ Jesus as we walk this journey of life. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.